back to the Pinstripe Podcast. Scotty, what's up? Not much. What a good weekend. How was your past week? You went and you uh, went to a Celtics game. How was that? I did. I forgot. Um, yeah, so a really good friend of mine works for the Celtics. So he was given two tickets and he asked me and my other friend to go. And we got to see him work. We got to watch the Celtics lose to the Trailblazers. Um, it's the only time that I've, I've only been to the garden three times. I say, is I literally live around the corner from it. First time I went was for the Jonas brothers. The second time was to work a Bruins game, but I didn't see any of the Bruins game because I was in the booth. And that was the first time I got to like sit in the stands and see an athletic event happen at it, which was nice to garden see. for the garden's purpose yeah yeah so i mean neither of us are huge basketball fans i mean i watch it a little bit more because he talks about it all the time but like i'm not really yeah, still still fun to watch cool to yeah see. the last time i i've only been to one other nba game and it was when the nets were still in new jersey and, and john played. wall was a big deal it, it, the, the, I always enjoy telling people about that is that it was the Nets versus the Bobcats. The Bobcats, yeah. So I'm um, like, it's like two teams that don't even exist anymore of where <laughs> exactly. they were. And there were nobodies then. <laughs> and now both teams are somebody teams. I think it might have it might have been like post-Jason Kidd, pre the Nets being anything important. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been right near the end, middle of, I think it was right near the end of Jason Kidd. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was fun to see. Um, turn 22. Yes, you did. 2-2 two, two in 2022. It is the birthday weekend. We're getting at it, getting crazy. Started last night. <laughs> I love only having one class. It's great started working it's been a big week for me now that i look back at it a big week for you but not a big week for baseball more than both of us were wrong in our predictions of the lockout lifting we did though have a meeting on tuesday there was a meeting we had two meetings two meetings they met monday and tuesday so nothing came of it yeah although nothing came out still progress progress is better than no media um passing had a tweet about what they what their their key issues are at the moment um mlb agreed to accept parameters of a pre-arbitration bonus pool for top 30 war mlbpa seeking 105 million league offered 10 million really close on numbers there <laughs> MLB offered minimum raise to 615,000. MLBPA wants 775. MLB withdrew offer to change arbitration structure. Um, I think it is interesting that they are using a stat, like the idea of like needing 30 war. That means war like matters above replacement, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Yes, so. That's so interesting. That like war that the last time they had a, you know, a lockout and a labor dispute, war wasn't even a stat. And now they're like, you need to be extra valuable. But yeah, I, I, there yeah. was never, 
there was never going to be a deal that day. And Passon always does that with his tweets. Like he tweets out like what happens in the meeting. And he's like, there was no deal today. There was never going to be a deal today. And it's like, you don't need to break our hearts like that. <laughs> but um, do you want to run through the small bit of news that happened this week? Well, there's a little more that happened. There was a tiny bit about the major leagues. Actually, I found two things about the minor leagues. So let's stick with the majors, get the minors a little later. The Hall of Fame ballot ended this past week, and only one player made it in, that being David Ortiz. So that means two people who were leading or up near the top just a few weeks ago in Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens both didn't make it. And now that's both of them are now out of the normal ballot and have to wait until they go and whatever that other, those other ballots are that are like the old timer or whatever, like new era, whatever the heck those, I don't even know what they're called. I don't even know what they are and how long you have to wait. I don't really know anything about them. I just heard about them this year, but they have to wait, not, they have to wait a very long time to be able to get into those. And so now before I share my opinion, Scotty, what is your opinion on David Ortiz, a tested positive known steroid user, getting in on his first ballot with, I'm not even going to talk about Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, leading home run, probably the most feared batter, never tested positive on a test, not getting in. It's, Roger Clemens had the same issue, led, led in Cy Young and also never tested positive for PEDs, just rumored. I mean, if you always, you, everybody always says the same thing about it. You, you mentioned it to any, any single person that is at all a Red Sox fan. They'll be like, well, it was only once and he tested negative to a, there was, or he tested positive. There's a bunch of false positives. So like, yeah, it is only once. And you're just like, yeah, but like, that's the thing we already spoke about this a little bit you look at Barry Bonds again not only the home run leader and a record that probably will never be touched by anybody he was also somebody who was very good before he had that massive and again I'm going to be honest the steroid idea although he didn't test positive every of course everybody knows he did it you can't just grow how he did but even before like since he didn't technically test positive before you even visually saw that growth he was still on an amazing track and had an amazing career going for him. And if you just look at what he had before San Fran, before these major changes, he still very much could have made the Hall of Fame. And people are comparing it to, you're a record holder. That's, all, that, that's the one thing that probably, although he might be, not be in the Hall of Fame as a person, he'll have a record probably always in the Hall of Fame at this point with that home run. That, that's just it's it's a it's a long debate and that changes everything now i think that changes every single ballot that has ever shown up is the steroid comparison of if anybody's ever done it if anybody gets in who's ever tested positive every fan is going to complain about it and that's why that or in that same situation i was going to say that's the biggest issue is that yes I mean, we live in a country of proven until um, uh, it isn't until proven guilty, right? So not Ortiz. That's the wrong guy I'm arguing. Bonds was never proven 
Although you can take kind of without a shadow of a doubt, assume that he was on some sort of PEDs. But my, my argument this whole time has always been PEDs do not help you make more contact or continuously make repeated solid contact. Yes, it makes you stronger. Yes, it makes weak contact harder. But he still had to be hitting a ball. And that's not an easy task. And he made it look very easy. And the, the video that I always see when people argue, like, are you kidding me? And you're not going to let this guy into the Hall of Fame was when he was intentionally walked with the bases loaded. Yeah, I think there was- Barry a- Bonds has more intentional walks as a person than the entire Rays organization collectively. Yeah, I think there was a stat as well. It's um, if you take away every single Barry Bonds home run and turn it into an out, he still has a higher on-base percentage than David Ortiz did as a career. Yeah, like what he was just doing was unreal. And, and I think that it's completely, if you're, if you're really going to hold Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, I don't want to take him out of this argument. If you're going to hold both of them to that standard, you need to hold every single person to that standard. David Ortiz can't. And if you're just doing it of, you assume that they took steroids, but they were never proven, A-Rod can't be in it either. Yeah. And that's, and that's going to be the big thing is you're now eliminating a ton of people. And especially, like, I, I started seeing this thing, and I'm starting to almost get in with it as well. A lot of people are going and saying, like, of course, I didn't experience this. I was not old enough. People are like, the steroid era revived baseball. baseball. That's what that's what kind of brought people back in the game, the, the long ball. And that's what's keeping people in the game. And you can see that now, that, that that's the part of the game that makes it entertaining for a lot of other people who aren't as invested in the sport is the long ball and being able to have these, you know, higher scoring games. And before that little steroid era, you lost, you, you didn't have that many great of, you know, the, those, those big hitters. And then you hit the steroid era and you get this excitement, you get this explosion of known batters, batters hitting well, and that just kind of revived the game. And that, that's something that people just even need to think about. Cause that's, that's now two things that he's done, not only the home run, but he's been a huge part of, reviving baseball that's something you should be honored for exactly and then i also think now okay so if you're not gonna acknowledge these two people who were just accused of never proved to have done steroids does that mean and this is obviously significantly farther down the line i don't know how the rest of their careers are going to go but anybody involved in the sticky stuff situation last season garrett cole who was Listen, we're not going to be biased. People assume that he used it. Max Scherzer. Yeah. Any of them, are you just going to say, well, they were accused of and assumed to have been using sticky stuff. So they can't, you're going to tell me that you're not going to let Max Scherzer into the Hall of Fame. Are you serious? Yeah, exactly. Like it, or, or do they just have to be like charismatic enough that you're like, don't feel, you're like, oh, but they're our friend. Exactly. And David Ortiz exactly. was a good person, so we have to let him in. Yes, exactly. That's the big thing of, of why the Hall of Fame ballot, I think not always people see is it. It is just a pure popularity contest, and not just a popularity yeah. contest itself, a popularity contest with the voters. And Amongst, these, yeah, and they're all baseball journalists. Yeah, and so all David Ortiz was this, was, was very fond with the, the journalists, and the journalists really liked David Ortiz. 
that's why he could get in so easily on his first ballot without this argument as you're going you're seeing these other these people who are again journalists who are just going and looking at what bonds did and then they're like steroids and then you get that 50 50 split and i don't know what he ended with percent wise i think it was like in the i think it was like 68 something like that you need 75 and again with like 68 like you just you get that cut in people who just see the steroids and that's what hurt him a lot and people with david ortiz are just like he was a fun guy i liked him listen call me crazy <clears throat> actually i don't think this is a hot take at all i think this is very much a yankee fan take i think it's absolutely fucking bullshit sorry that david ortiz gets on on his first ballot and Derek jeter doesn't yep like is it and and that i think that that's also a really obvious point that it's a popularity contest you know Derek jeter has always been very quiet of his like life outside of baseball and he didn't go you know out of his way with the media you know he did his job he came and he spoke when he had a press conference whatever answered the question but he wasn't overly charismatic and he was I one of the the best shortstops to play the game people are going to sit here and be like "Mm, Alex Rodriguez is the better shortstop of the two shut the fuck up he didn't get the job he didn't get the job Okay, so obviously someone thought he was better. Someone whose professional job is to put the best team out there. So relax, Um, you know, and he won how many World Series? How many Golden Gloves? Like, and you're going to, and somehow the journalists are still going to be like, "Mm, no, not, not the first round. He needs to wait a second round. But David Ortiz, proven guy who took steroids. Oh, yeah. He's a fun guy. Give him one. Same with the one motherfucker who didn't vote for Mariano Rivera. Who are you? <laughs> same, who are you? Same one person who didn't vote Terry Jeter. Yeah. Like, who are you? Don't be stupid. But the, the annoying thing about the Derek Jeter one is that he went from not making it his first round to everybody but one. Said, oh, oh, what changed your mind so dramatically? You just didn't want to give him a first round. But you'll let Mariano Rivera definitely should have. Derek Jeter should have, but they said no. And your next one to get it in the first round is David fucking Ortiz? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, I think that that's all the emotions out. <laughs> justice for Roger Clemens. Justice for Barry Bonds. Roger Clemens went on Twitter like the day that it was announced, and he was like, listen, my family and I moved on from me making it into the Hall of Fame a long time ago. He was like, he was like, we knew after like my third year, like it was not going to happen and we're okay with it, which is, how do you have the most Cy Youngs in history? Because I know, listen, I don't know as much about Roger Clemens as Barry Bonds, which is bad because Roger Clemens did wear pinstripes at one point. He also wore red so. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just... You said it, you said it like really well in the fact that their record is going to be in the Hall of Fame, but they're not going to be, which makes no sense. Exactly. You don't, you don't win the most Cy Youngs by just like having like one really good year that you like did what? No, that's a consistent career of being the best. And it's just, it's ridiculous. The Hall of Fame is rigged. It's stupid. (laughs) All of the voters suck. (laughs) <laughs> but, well, I think it is time to move on away 
from the MLB and into the MILB, lowercase i. Um, <laughs> there's been two news that has come out. One, just very minor. Apparently, AAA will use robot umpires. Yeah, I saw that. What are your thoughts? I didn't see much about how robot umpires worked last year. I, like, I, I knew that they had them in some places. I just didn't really hear much news. I don't know are if that's they... a bad thing. Sorry, are they just using it to call balls and strikes? I but, think... And then like they have like base umpires? Yes, automated strike zone in AAA. Okay. So, so... I think that'd be, that'd be the buzzer. So the buzzer in the umpire's ear. I think that's how they did it or how they wanted to do it. Um, but yeah, so experimenting with it. I like what are your what are what are your thoughts on using a robot umpire? I don't I mean that's that's the thing. I don't really have thoughts on it because I want to know if it actually is functional or not. Because like okay. all that after, I know, after this season, yes, right, would you have not not questioning its functionality, how it works, whatever with the abilities that the um, different umpires had, would you feel more comfortable if you always had that automated little square and that was calling balls and strikes? Or do you want a person doing it? I think automate. I'd say automated, but then there's probably, again, there's so much little to the automated that I, I want to know how it works. Because like, okay, the so whole, this is the whole thing of the strike zone is that it's from your from your letters to your knees. Yeah, I mean the the and so does the it automatic zone adjust like Jose Altuve strike zone on the automated zone is not going to be the same zone as John Carlos Stanton's zone. Yeah, I think that's something. It's it's a it's a fight between and here's the thing like split second in my brain I'm like yes I want robot umpires because I've seen Angel Hernandez call a game right yeah but then. I start to wonder, like, you know, are bad umpires, like, a part of the game? It's Do an adjustment. It's one, a challenge for both teams. Yeah, is that is the challenge understanding. But then at this point, it's not even, like, is the challenge understanding the umpire strike zone because they're not consistent enough anymore. Yeah. I don't know what happened in the last, like, four years, but I feel like the quality of umpire just took a really sharp turn downwards. Um, and what's a strike on one side won't be a strike for the other, but it's not even that way. What's a strike one pitch. He could throw the same exact pitch again. And it's a ball in the same spot, same everything. So it's, it's a fight in my brain of how far away from traditional do you want to move? And as a new age baseball, but lover of traditional, it makes sense. It's, it's, hard to decide so i do want to see how it works and i think that them using triple a instead of no offense like an independent league is better yeah i mean they stepped it up i think it was in a single a last year and so they're stepping it up and i think this will also bring a lot more attention to it a lot more realization of the players because then this is also dashing in professional players into it professional players are going to kind of get a little taste of it here and there not Yankees, though. Yankees don't rehab and scram. Um, sometimes they do. 
Very few. People, major injuries we have in Scranton, um, but minor. I mean, you had Severino went up through. Severino also took three stops in Somerset and one in Scranton. <laughs> Still. Um, but Corey Kluber only stopped in Somerset, did not go to Scranton. Future Ray Cy Young winner. Um, but I think that's really like all that we have on the robot umpires because again, it's just a test of you know how it goes. We'll see how it goes. We shall see how it goes. I think they took away most of the other rules that they tested out. Um, yeah, they in the Atlantic League they made the bases a little bigger and they moved the mound either up or back, um, and they took both of them away. Yeah. So honestly. I get changing, wanting to change things, but that was a lot of changes at once. The best uh, rule that they changed and added was the countdown between pitches. Yes. That's yeah. the best thing to ever happen. Um, but the final thing that I have, again, sticking with M-I-L-B, lowercase I, uh, is that apparently some players, which first of all, I just want to say this now, great news since – uh, the lockout is between owners and major league players. Minor league will play on time no matter what. So good looks there. Um, but minor league players are concerned about loopholes in the housing agreement that was set between owners and minor league players. Um, in an article, uh, it says that the concerns include teams being able to put two players in a bedroom a lack of specific accommodations for players, spouses, and children, and teams being allowed to use hotel rooms and host families instead of like apartments and homes. Okay, so what's concerning about this is why are they just now reading the agreement after they have agreed to it and realizing that there's problems? Well, there's a thing of ML of, of these minor league players aren't the ones that get to talk to the owners. They don't get any say in it. It's MLBPA, did that represent them correctly? I, I, I don't know if it's MLBPA or if they have their own set, but like they don't have their own group of players. Like they're, they don't really. There's not a, a MILB player. Middle, yeah, they have to go to a middleman. Then the middleman goes and has their conversation with. And what's frustrating is that obviously there's not a players association for minor league players because the idea is that they're moving around. You can't have a consistent leadership there, which yeah. means that the only consistency comes from the owners which in my brain would make me think, and I don't know this, this is just how I would think that the power structure would work, is that the owners would select a law firm to represent the players, you know? So yeah. the, the owners would pick the representation for minor league players. And I would hope that MLBPA, so Major League Baseball Players Association would help through that I just don't know if they would, especially now during a lockout. So that can kind of make it so that the representation that the owners picked would like agree to things that probably don't always help minor league, minor leaguers because they're trying to save the owner's money because that's their check. Yeah. I don't know exactly how it works. If it does exactly work like that. That's yeah. But that's just in my where my brain went to first is that since there's so much 
inconsistency in like who is a minor league player. Yeah. Especially with like, you know, adding people to the 40 man and like the rule five draft. Um, I would think that the owners have some sort of selection over who represents them, which can be problematic. Because then reading that, right. If the players are just now realizing what's wrong with it um, because of the language, not being specific, the lawyers or whoever represented them saying that this was a good thing to sign did not like was not clear with the players what they were signing and agreeing to which is frustrating yeah and i mean this has been an issue for the past kind of few years has just been the idea of this mlb or minor league players not really getting fair at all anything fair really from the owners yeah. fair wage not getting fair housing and this was the first step that we saw kind of going towards them and it looked like it was a good place and it's kind of it, it really is a good thing that they did at least figure this out before they're kind of taken advantage of because again these players are not anywhere close to treated correctly <laughs> not at all no they are not treated correctly at all and it's it's very frustrating to watch and you hope i'll i'll look into it more before next week you would hope that in, in a time that there's not a lockout, because I understand that the MLBPA has a lot going on like and it's on its plate right now, but you would hope that in a non-lockout situation, um, the MLBPA would help out because they've all been, most of them have all been a minor league player at some point and understand how shitty it is to be a minor league player. But... Do you have anything else? I do not have anything else. All right. Well, hopefully, I say this again. I say this every week. Hopefully, next week, we come back with great news in regards to the lockout. Fingers are crossed. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram to get a quick update on that lockout, you can follow us at pinstripe.podcast. And if you want to like, follow, subscribe, do whatever you can to interact with the show, that makes us feel good. It makes you feel good. All the good things. That would be great. For Scotty, this is Lexi, and this has been the Pinstripe Podcast. Bye. Bye.